Hey there, my name is Sarah Bowling, and I'm so excited that you're listening to my podcast. I'm praying that God speaks to you through this podcast. Your heart is encouraged and overflowing with love. Thank you so much for listening. Love to have you subscribe and of course share this with your friends. I know God has really great things for you in this time together. Thanks so much. I want to start a series on crisis. How do you manage a crisis? (laughs) Because it seems like that would be really appropriate, a crisis in this season at this time. And when I thought about this, I was thinking about it in relation to Daniel. Because Daniel, when you read the book of Daniel, especially the first half, there's several crises that happen in Daniel. And the first crisis that we read about is in Daniel chapter 2. And here's what happens on this. The king at that time, and this is in Babylon, his name is Nebuchadnezzar. I I don't know where they get these names, but they just come up with it, right? Maybe the mom had some kind of like pizza dream or something. But Nebuchadnezzar is the king, and he does this decree. The king has a dream, and he tells all of his wise men, and the Jews at this time had been kind of exiled. Lots of them had been exiled into Babylon. So there's a, a small group of Jewish people, including Daniel, and the king tells all of his wise men, some of them are Jewish, he says, look, This is what I want. It's a test. If you're really a wise man, if you're really an advisor to me, then you can prove it. Number one, tell me what the dream is. And number two, interpret the dream. And if you don't do that, this is to his advisors, to his, his wise men. This is what he says. If you don't tell me the dream and if you don't interpret it, then I will tell, tear you from limb to limb and I'll burn your houses down and turn them into a rubbish heap. (laughs) Like that's a crisis. Because you're really like, your neck is on the line. I mean, and, and it's an immediate, like, here's what's happening. And, and what happens in a crisis, and this, the, the king is creating a crisis for these wise men. Because they, they're like, oh my gosh, we have to, number one, tell them the dream. We don't even know what the dream is. Number two, interpret it. And if we don't, we're dead. Like, our heads are chopped off. And so this is a crisis. And what happens in a crisis, and I want to I walk you through this in a couple of ways. Number one. There's the anticipation. You anticipate the crisis. You see it coming. And what happens in the anticipation is we see, look, this could get really bad. This scenario could get worse and worse and worse. And we do this. We can see this in our nation. We can see it in our healthcare industry. We can see it in our finances. We can see it on a personal level. And we're like, if this is the same trajectory, I see this going really bad. And that's what's happening for these wise men, including Daniel, when they hear this decree from Nebuchadnezzar. But I want you to consider, because we know that something good happens despite the impending crisis. And I'm telling you that because I believe this in my heart as well. Something good can and will happen even in the midst of what seems like an anticipated crisis. Because the second thing that happens is action. And this is what happens with the action. And I think this is really helpful, informative for us. What do we do in a crisis? And so in second, sorry, in Daniel 2, verses 17 and 18, Daniel goes to his friends. He finds them and he says, look, let's pray and let's ask God to intervene and reveal to us this mystery so that we aren't destroyed with the rest of the wise men in Babylon. And then it says in verse 18, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the Lord and said, thank you, God. And he was super, super grateful for this divine intervention. And what Daniel did is he prayed. He prayed in the midst of a crisis. Here here he's anticipating it. And then in the midst of it, 
he says, okay, God, I'm just going to pray. I'm going to ask you to help. And I would encourage you. You're like, well, prayer, what good does that do? Well, what, what does it not do? <laughs> what? And, and prayer can be all kinds of things. It can be the quick help, you know, really short. It can be the long. It can be the place where instead of worry, you choose prayer, right? Instead of fear, instead of panic, instead of anxiety, you choose prayer. And this is what Daniel and his friends did. We know this crisis is breathing down our neck. We choose to pray. So I would encourage you in this season, in a crisis time when you're managing it, let prayer be a higher priority than worry, anxiety, and panic. Let's choose prayer over panic because that is a very essential way for us to invite God into a situation as well as God to intervene and, and welcome. Say, hey, please help please help. And this is what happens when they do that. Daniel gets the interpretation. Daniel gets the dream. He gets the interpretation. And it's really cool because Daniel goes back to Nebuchadnezzar and he tells Nebuchadnezzar, here's your dream. And here's the interpretation. And I didn't do it, but the God of Israel gave me both the dream and the interpretation. And God was exalted and glorified because of Daniel's number one prayer, as well as his focus and number two, obedience. I mean, seriously, family, we need to take prayer as a high priority in a time of crisis. It's got to be our first reaction and not our last resort. So I encourage you today, make prayer your top priority, no matter what's happening around you, what you maybe turn off the news for a little bit, turn kind of mute some of that stuff. Maybe if you can take a walk or maybe not, maybe just pace in your apartment or you, you pace around your house or whatever you have, but take some time and really focus in with prayer because prayer is a key essential to managing a crisis. We're continuing our series on what to do in a crisis. <laughs> How do you manage a crisis? And I think this is very, very relevant particularly now. This is super, super important and helpful to us. And so we're looking at part two today and we're continuing to look at Daniel because Daniel had a lot of crises. I mean, seriously. And Daniel was living at this time in Babylon, the kingdom of Babylon. A bunch of uh, Jews had been exiled into Babylon and Daniel was considered one of the wise men of among the Jewish people for advising the king of Babylon, whose name was Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. I learned how to spell that when I was little, and I thought it was a major achievement. That was a little rabbit trail. But anyways, so what happens here in uh, Daniel chapter 3, here's an interesting crisis, because Daniel chapter 2, we read the crisis about Nebuchadnezzar having a dream, and how God brought Daniel through that crisis with tremendous victory. But in Daniel chapter 3, we read another crisis, and I don't understand why we have like, it's like crisis, 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 one after another. So kind of like dominoes, it's like sequential. And maybe you feel like that right now. It's like this domino effect with, you know, a healthcare crisis and then a financial crisis. And then, you know, it's like a mental, emotional crisis. I mean, all these things could just be like, boom, 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 boom. And I think in some respects, that's how Daniel was when we read about him in chapter two. And then now exactly in chapter three. And in chapter three, here's the crisis. Nebuchadnezzar builds an, a golden image, this giant statue, and he makes this nationwide decree that on such and such a day, everybody has to bow down to this golden statue of Nebuchadnezzar. Well, the Jewish men, Daniel and his buddies, they're like, we can't do that. We're only, we only will worship Yahweh, Jehovah, the, the true God. We're not going to bow down to an idol. 
it defies, it goes against our religious principles. And so, and, and King Nebuchadnezzar says, if you don't bow down, anybody who doesn't across the, the kingdom is going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. So Daniel and his friends, there's this anticipation because the day, the calendar's coming day after day, getting closer and closer and closer to the bow down day to the golden idol. And Daniel and his friends, they anticipate this crisis and they're like, ugh, what are we going to do? Are we going to hold the line? Are we going to stay true to our faith, worship God? And they, the, it gets closer and closer and they get, I would anticipate they got more and more, I would be, get more and more nervous. When you see a crisis coming, sometimes I think the anticipation of a crisis sometimes can be a little bit worse sometimes than the crisis. Not always. That's not, that's not always true. But I don't know about you. I've had that in my heart where I've, I know something and it's imminent. It's an impending disaster. And I anticipate it like, ugh, and waiting for it can sometimes be a struggle in and of itself. And so they decided, and I think they came together as a group, a group of guys and said, you know, we're going to hold the line. We're going to stay true in our faith and our heart, our worship to the genuine God. We're not going to bow down to an idol, period, end of story, full stop. And so the day comes. So they anticipated the day. The day comes, and that's exactly what happens. Everybody bows down, but all of Daniel and his friends, they don't bow down. So they're the outliers. They're the standouts. And it creates a major crisis because they know if we don't do this, then it's the fiery furnace. And what happens is they get, they, and, and ev the, everybody's like, oh, they watch Daniel and his friends not bow down. And so they get apprehended, they get, you know, like uh, arrested and they tie them up and they take them to the fiery furnace. And King Nebuchadnezzar is super ticked off that he, they would defy his national decree and all this stuff. So he stokes the furnace like seven times hotter. So this is so bad. And it even says this in De Daniel chapter three. I mean, you talk about a crisis, you talk about going through the fire, literally, that's exactly what happens. In Daniel chapter 3, the guys who were leading them to throw them into the fiery furnace, those guys died because the furnace was so hot. I mean, seriously. And so they throw these Jewish guys into the fiery furnace. And it's fascinating because they're all tied up with ropes and everything. And the king looks in, King Nebuchadnezzar looks in the fiery furnace. And I like what, what, what happens because even in the midst of the fiery furnace, the king recognizes and sees none of these guys are burning up. And he also sees there's a fourth guy in the furnace and he looks like the son of God. That's exactly what Nebuchadnezzar says. And I love this crisis is super, super helpful to us because when, when these guys go through it, they anticipate the crisis. They're like, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. But they say this, king, we're not going to bow down to you. Even if you throw us into the fire, we're not bowing down. We're going to follow God and destroy full stop. Even if we burn up, we're not giving up, sacrificing. We're not relinquishing our faith. And I would challenge you in the midst of this fiery furnace, don't give up your faith in God. Don't quit. Don't say, God, you blew it. God, you're not enough. God, you didn't come through. Don't quit on God. Don't give up your faith because your faith has great reward. And, and Galatians, Ephesians talks about that. And don't get weary in well-doing. Don't quit on your faith. Ask God, help me. And I love, I love there's a guy in, in the gospels that comes to Jesus and says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. 
And even if you're struggling with unbelief in this time and you're, and you're like, I know I should, but I'm just having a hard time. I would challenge you, just make that available. Make that honest prayer to God. I'm struggling in believing you. I'm struggling in keeping my faith. Please help me. Please help me in my weaknesses. Help me in my weak spot. Help me to sense that fourth man in the fire with me, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Because when we come through the fire, what happens is Jesus is glorified. Jesus is exalted. And that's exactly when the king fishes out the men from the fiery furnace, they're all alive. There's no smell of smoke on them. There's no ropes and, and, and stuff tying them down. They're free and they, they absolutely glorify God who brought them through, delivered them through the fiery furnace. Sometimes we want to avoid stuff, but God says, I can, whether it's taking, delivering you from it or taking you through it, God is absolutely sovereign, in, in control, powerful, and can help us even going through a fiery furnace. So if you're in a crisis, you're feeling a crisis, you feel like you're in the fiery furnace, keep walking, keep trusting in God, look for Jesus. Jesus is present in that fiery furnace. You can sense God and ask him, help me to sense, help me to sense you, God. Help me to recognize you. Help me to feel you. Help me to see you here. Help me to know that you're present because Jesus is present. He never leaves us and he never forsakes us. So I just encourage you today. God has good things for us, even in the midst of a major crisis, no matter what, God is still in control and he can bring us through or he can deliver us from, but God is able and he does. He does on a consistent, regular basis keep our confidence in God. I love how God can encourage you with this really helpful, helpful content. And, and we're continuing, we're finishing our series today on what to do in a crisis. <laughs> that seems fairly relevant. What do you think? What to do in a crisis? And it might feel like, wow, you know, we're trying to come through some of this national crisis, some of these huge issues, major, major things. But when we look at the book of Daniel, and we've been looking at Daniel for a couple of these crisis uh, ideas and help. And what do we do? How do we manage this? We learned, you know, pray, pray in the middle of a crisis. I'd say as well, keep walking when you're going through the crisis. But I want to look at this last crisis. And this is in Daniel chapter six. And Daniel at this time is living in Babylon with a bunch of Jewish exiles. And the king in Babylon is Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar is an interesting king. At this point, I just kind of, he, he clearly is aware. He's clearly aware that the God of Israel is different than everybody, all the other gods. And so Daniel has favor with the king. And the people around the king are jealous of Daniel. And they're like, you know, we need to take this guy down. He's got too much influence. He's got the king's ear and we need to get rid of him. We don't need him, you know, reigning on our parade. <laughs> we want to have more influence on the king than Daniel. So they make this kind of this little tricky, sneaky little way where they tell the king, hey, you ought to make a decree that nobody prays to anybody except you as the kind of the leader of our nation. So the king's like, sure, why not? Sounds like a great idea. So when the king makes the decree... Along with it, it says, if anybody does not pray to the king, pray to anybody but the king, they get thrown in a lion's den. So Daniel's enemies, they know what they're doing. And they, they have tricked the king into making this decree. And they know that Daniel will continue to serve, honor, and pray to the God of Israel, <clears throat> the genuine, true God. And so the enemies of Daniel, they catch him. 
because Daniel's very consistent. He's, he's very steady in his daily routines. He prays in the morning. He prays at noon. He prays at night. He prays to the God of Israel. This is who he is. This is what he does. And he's consistent, faithful, and steady no matter what the crisis is. And I think this is interesting because, again, there's a lesson for this in this crisis. Because, again, it's the anticipation. Daniel knows. Look, if I don't, if I pray to anybody but Nebuchadnezzar, they're going to throw me in the lion's den. But I want to say this. Daniel had been through, you know, had, had kind of watched the fiery furnace. Daniel had watched and done been part of the dream interpretation for Nebuchadnezzar. And so Daniel already had a history with God and God intervening and God participating and God bringing his friends as well as him through all kinds of crises. And God can bring us through a crisis as well. And so Daniel stays the course. He's like, I know I'm in, I could anticipate, you know, the lion's den, but I'm not going to change my consistency, my faithfulness with God. I'm going to do the things I know that are right and keep my relationship, keep my connection, keep my intimacy with God. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to let pressure and, and impending doom and all this, you know, scary stuff. I'm not going to let fear control my intimacy with God. And I think it's really important for you today because I think some of you watching, it's real, been a real challenge for you with fear and, and not letting fear control your intimacy with God and letting fear dominate and letting fear take the mental narrative in your mind and letting fear be the thing that you're feeding on. And family, I want to encourage you today that you interrupt that. You catch that. You, you stop that. Ask for a Holy Spirit intervention. You know, we talk about interventions with people, you know, when addicts and all that stuff. But maybe today you need a Holy Spirit intervention on that fear stuff. Because maybe fear has been really occupying, dominating, and controlling your thoughts and your emotions and your focus, your attention. And you cannot, if you're going to come through a crisis and really have victory through and over a crisis, you cannot let fear be the dominating, controlling mental narrative happening in your mind and your emotions. And you take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I challenge you today that you very much aware, you're very keenly aware of fear that's trying to dominate control and, and constrict your faith in God and break that off. You have power because Jesus lives in you. Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. And remember that perfect love casts out fear and the love of God, Romans 5 verse 5, is poured into your heart through Holy Spirit. So you don't have to be the victim to fear. You repel that, you reject it, and you ask for Holy Spirit intervention to liberate your thoughts, to bring freedom to your emotions, and you're not controlled and dominated by that. Now, I'm doing this because I feel strongly in my heart that you need to listen and share this with your friends because it's not just you struggling with friends you all, or with fear. You have friends and family who are also navigating and, and dealing with fear. This is super, super encouraging and helpful and can help bring freedom to your family and friends who are struggling with this. Because I believe that Daniel, he could have been fearful. He could have said, oh, you know, I'm going to be eaten by lions. But he didn't. He didn't. He stayed faithful to God. He continued to pray. He went up to his, his bedroomer's house and prayed. And his, the, the enemies came and arrested him at noon. They caught him violating the king's decree. And because the king made it, he was forced to follow through with his word. 
So they throw Daniel in the lion's den. And this is horrible. It's kind of like the fiery furnace, but now it's on a personal level because there's no friends going in the fiery furnace. It's just Daniel and a bunch of very, very hungry lions. And Daniel's in there for the whole night. And I find this to be super, super powerful because the king didn't really want to do this. The king, he, was, he had to do it because he had to be a man of his word. He couldn't go back on, on the decree that he made. But I love what happens because early the next morning, the king runs to the lion's den and he's like, Daniel, Daniel, is the God you serve? Was he able to deliver you? And Daniel replies in verse chapter six, verse 22, 24, he says, God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth and they have not harmed me in as much as I was found innocent before God and before you as well, O king, I have committed no crime. So they fished Daniel out of the lion's den. And he's, he's like happy. <laughs> he's happy because God protected him. God took him through the night and God can take you through the night of this crisis and bring you out as you feed on the faithfulness of God, as you're aware of God's presence with you, even shutting the lion's mouth, even shutting the mouth of fear that's trying to dominate you, shut the mouth. God can say, no, zip it, <laughs> zip the lip to fear. And you can say, zip the lip to fear. And what happens is, I love what happens at the end of the story because Daniel is rescued, but all the enemies of Daniel who tried to catch him and tried to like kill him and trap him in this, they're the ones that get torn apart by the lions. And it says when they threw the enemies into the lion's pit that they didn't even hit the floor. The lions ate them. They like grabbed them out of the air and chewed up their bones and everything and ate them before they even landed. The lions were very, very hungry. <laughs> And I like this because God can turn the crisis into not just your victory, but God can turn the crisis on the enemy and make it his demise. So I just encourage you in this season, God has great things for us. God can turn this crisis and have tremendous redemption and can turn, the, turn it on the enemy and absolutely crush the enemy and have tremendous victory in our lives. Let's say yes to God and yes to letting God come and work and help and bring us through whatever the crisis is that we're facing. Hey there, thanks so much for listening today. I'm super stoked to get time with you. And of course, I'd love for you to subscribe, share this with your friends, and really sense God working through you as well as in you in these words. So thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time.